All right. What's up, everybody? It's Dr. Bryce Bowers back with episode two of the video version of Badger Burnout, the podcast. I am super excited today. I have a very, very special and interesting guest that I'm so excited for all of you to meet. Um, I'm going to look back on my life, and I think this is going to be one person that is going to play such a critical role for me going forward. So I'm super excited to have him here. He's going to share his story today. His name is Philip Chan. I met him through Dr. Sopna's podcast on The Worthy Physician, so shout out to her. Um, but we're going to get started kind of right off the bat here, and I'm going to let Philip introduce himself and tell us a little bit about himself. Philip. Absolutely. Glad to be here, Dr. Bryce. So, so my, with my journey, yeah, you know, uh, I was very similar to a lot of pre-meds um, where I thought that by becoming either a plastics or orthopedic and cardiothoracic surgeon, I would have my life set uh, according to traditional advice, right? And for me specifically, uh, by becoming more and more immersed within the environment, I just realized that long-term it would not be fulfilling for me and it would uh, really important that I had to get out so that I can find happiness and a passion in what I do. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, 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 you know, a lot of my audience is physicians. And so I want them to hear this. And it's also medical students and residents and things like that who are aspiring to do some of the same things about it. So tell us, tell us more about like, what some of the thoughts you were having about like when you were entering into medical training and and kind of how it didn't really fit with what you were, you know, your personality and what you were doing. Yeah, well, some background information, right? Like I was actually supposed to take over my dad's accounting firm in Hong Kong, uh, moved from the city of international commerce when I was nine. And I've always been one that's known to forge my own path. So I'm a city boy that loves the suburbs. And when I told my dad the accounting thing was not, uh, you know, fitting, because I didn't want to wake up and do people's taxes, he asked me, what is it that I want to do? And when I explored the medical field, right, the at the time, becoming a plastics orthopedic or cardiothoracic surgeon was the most appealing because it was very hands-on. I've been an athlete my whole life. And I just figured, you know, it would also be intellectually challenging. I can help people repair their health, uh, especially with my strengths. However, what I found was that you know, I had to basically become a mute and diminish my own personality. You know, I always, with my business background, knew that if I got into medicine, it would be a great uh, way to, you know, learn the sciences, but then maybe become very innovative with the business acumen and create a company, create maybe med innovative medical products and devices, etc. But the journey, you know, to becoming a an MD, you know, was one that really put me in a lot of pain internally, because like several things, right, I uh, couldn't really speak to anyone when I was studying for the new MCAT, the new MCAT includes, you know, uh, additional sociology and psychology section, which extended the old MCAT from four and a half hours to eight hours. So when you take an, you know, mock MCAT, you're done for the day, you're you're mentally physically and spiritually exhausted. And of course, you know, uh, the only time I would actually get to talk to someone is when I would go take food breaks or get Starbucks. So like for me personally, in, in on the journey of becoming one, that was my own biggest pain point. Now, of course, I also worked, you know, during my master's, uh, you know, at the urgent care department of Kansas City Orthopedic Institute. And I was very used to 
pushing 10, 12 hour shifts, especially on the weekends, right? And so it was just one of those things where I, what I learned was in medicine, you're, you're taught to take care of others. It's important to prioritize the health of the patient. But the biggest irony for me was, well, how is that possible if we're not even able to pour from a full cup, right? Like why are, is our health actually not prioritized? Um, because if you think about it, if these people want to be serviced in the best way possible, shouldn't we have, uh, I mean, reasonable and humane uh, lunch breaks, right? Uh, not like five, 10 minutes of gushing down something in the doctor's lounge. So it's just, you know, uh, those two things really stuck out to me. I, I would say it's the, the, the diminishing of my natural personality, as well as not understanding why are we pouring into others when we can't even come uh, from a, a replenished standpoint. Yeah. And I think that's an extremely interesting point, especially from the standpoint of my own podcast, right, where I deal with physician burnout, but it also applies to pre-medical students, medical students and residents, right? And I find it really interesting about you, Philip, that you noticed this early on. And and I think, you know, you kind of latched on to this idea, but the difference was with you is that you took action, right? There's something in you that realized, you know what, this just isn't for me because I'll be honest, I had a lot of the same feelings and I think a lot of physicians do and pre-med and med medical students, but they just don't take action. So tell, can you tell my audience and, and everybody listening what inspired you to say, you know what, enough's enough. I, I, if I remember right, there was a day um, you were working at the urgent care and there was just, you just knew this moment. So I'd love for you to share more about that. Yeah, well, to, you know, it's just a combination of things leading up to like compound interest, right? That just made me go, you know, this is probably the last draw, right? Um, you know, it's just so difficult when you have to prioritize medicine, uh, especially at such a fragile age of, you know, coming out from, being a teenager and then entering into college with all the excitement on being campus, like no matter what, you know, you're, you're taught to have delayed gratification, sacrificing, you know, times with friends and relationship, my ex-girlfriend at the time. Um, I mean, it was just a lot like, um, and that age particularly, you know, you want to be able to go experience college campus on a Friday night. Um, you know, us being, well, for me, I, I'm Jayhawk raised in Kansas, right? So I went to KU and I I mean, I went to games, but there was, I, I had to like really be surgically precise in which games I can really go to or, you know, what I would rather be doing. Should I be uh, studying more on for this immunology exam coming up because, oh, that's going to look great for your resume. Like everything was just geared towards let's get good grades. Let's make sure that your medical school resume is polished. But I feel, you know, but I, I guess I also was able to see it a bit more clearly with my business background, right? Um, because I just saw that I can't be in direct control. And ultimately, uh, I think, you know, the reason why you and I resonate and let's just put it out there, you know, if you're going to go into medicine for additional benefits, right? It's not going to serve you. Uh, I What I realized, first and foremost, is really the self-awareness that gave me that the quote unquote, courage to take action. So having self-awareness is, is really important. Um, you know, me being in business, I always recognize the value of time exchange. Like if I'm about to do something with my time, what is the ROI I'm getting back on that time? And um, 
I mean, I think for me, being a surgeon at the time re really resonated with me because it allowed me to maintain a position of um, prestige, right, with my career choice. Of course, I was supposed to take over my dad's accounting firm, so I've always had that standard of let's operate at the highest level possible. And um, coming from the city of international commerce and looking at things very uh, objectively speaking from a business standpoint, I just was like, you know, you you really can't get into medicine if you don't love the intricacies like the sciences the uh, diagnosing the hospital environment i mean all of that has to be in play one of the biggest things that uh, i recently learned was the concept of be do and have and that's actually what's allowed you know multimillionaires and billionaires to become who they are because you know you hear this concept of successful people being successful but not happy and it's because they they're always chasing something so it's not to be honest it's Dr. Bryce it's not their desire it's their lack of non-movement like they, they just can't seem to be satisfied right it, it's the it's the lack of satisfaction so to speak right yeah it's the, the, the chasing but more importantly why is that you know it's be it's because they're always trying to level up, so to speak, right? And so, you know, there was this story about the Google executive who purchased like two Rolls Royce back to back because after like the excitement of the first one waned, he had to get a second one to basically uh, up his dopamine level. Um, and, and so to avoid that, right, you really want to be, do, and have. What that means is like in my position, I've learned to wake up every day and be a grateful and happy president. Okay, the, because inputs always dictates outputs. What I mean by that is when I am a happy and grateful president, by being so, I'm able to do happy and grateful things as a president, and then I will have happy and grateful things as president CEO, right? Versus, oh, uh, I, I've made, you know, X amount now, let's go, you know, and keep chasing. But then how come as I keep chasing, I'm not happy, right? It's because you want to focus on the being, right? So if you are naturally, uh, you know, satisfied and content being, you're going to do those things. And on top of that, you know, there's always that cliche of, you know, it's not about the destination, but it's about the journey, right? And one of the biggest things that I can tie onto that is, you know, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, you know, everyone says that. But what makes it so true is if you think about it, the person who enjoys walking will always walk further than the person who does not, right? The person who enjoys walking will always enjoy it more than the person who does not. So in the case of medicine, like I, I just knew that that was not a path that would, that I would even be happy walking long-term, you know, um, with the restrictions, with um, the, I, I just, I feel like the constant reasons of doing something to get approval like or hey hey uh institution is my grades good enough hey institution uh you know how, how's my extracurricular activities right and then even once you get into med school you have to get signed off when you go through clinical rotations at year three by your supervisor just so and it's like there's some there's that like politics of oh let's let's make sure even though uh i want to uh, disagree with him 
in uh, in a passionate manner, I'm going to refrain from that because he's the one who's going to give me a grade. And if I don't get a good grade, I'm not going to get matched into the right residency program. You know, so just some of these things uh, didn't really resonate with me and I would never yield right to a situation like that. Um, of course, when, when the best thing for me to explain to the audience about business is if as long as it is legal, moral and ethical, you can pretty much do whatever you want to in business. And, and that's what's so great about the freedom and abundance in terms of the uh, natural structure of the industry. Yeah. And for everybody listening, this is exactly why I brought Philip on my podcast. You know, you might have said, look, wait, hey, he's why, why are we why are we uh, talking about business today? This I mean, all those points that he just made are extremely important, whether you're a physician, a nurse, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. Those are all extremely important points. And and I, I want you guys to hear that and understand that, you know, us being physicians and in this healthcare realm, everything he's saying is absolutely true. And but we unfortunately don't really get a lot of education in business there. We've kind of had this linear path, like you were mentioning, right? Like you've got to go to medical school, then you've got to go to residency and you have no control. The autonomy is, is not there, right? You're kind of dictated to how you do. And there's a serious lack of authenticity, right? So tell me then, you know, the next thing that I really am curious about is, you know, you, you, you kind of started off on this path, right. And then you realize, well, I'm going to pivot. Right. And it's not, it wasn't a matter of, well, I'm just chasing something. Right. Cause we're all aware of the arrival fallacy that nothing that we ever get will make us happy, but you decided to pivot and, and to do that, you def definitely had a business background, but you certainly had to develop some new and form and, and better skills, right. To kind of pivot out of there. Can you share about that a little bit? Absolutely. And then before I actually go down, I really, you know, want to share this with the audience too for them to uh understand certain pain points you know i i, I shared how for me personally my my person my uh natural personality got diminished as well as you know knowing that it would not be a good fit long term but as a system right uh, i think it's really important to recognize the concept of non-failure like failure is not acceptable in medicine naturally because you're dealing with people's lives and so you could save a thousand lives right but it's that one patient who you couldn't save and all of a sudden you know you you, you get so hung up on that and that really can can be negative and detrimental to a physician's psychology to where unfortunately we are one of the leading career groups that have the highest rate of suicide you know and I just really want to hammer, you know, it's the train. You talk about the linear path of training, but on top of that, it, it's the wiring of we cannot be wrong. It's all like, it, like I mean, you have to get your multiple choice answers correct to uh, ACM cat. You have to be a straight A student. So your entire life, I mean, even back in high school, you are geared to be trained that it is bad to fail. And again, if you didn't study medicine and you took all that time to devote to studying greatness, to studying successful people, you would realize that when they have setbacks, it allows them to have a better comeback, right? When they fail, they embrace it as failing forward. And in business, you don't look at it like there's a failure. You are either winning or you're learning, right? Right. 
So it's just it, it, the mindset around failure is, is totally framed differently. And uh, whereas in business, failure is encouraged because you're like, okay, well, at least we know that didn't work. Let's make some tweaks, right? And, and, and do some adjustments and get this version out instead, right? Um, of course, it's difficult because in medicine, we're dealing naturally with lives. So you, you talk about cultivating skill set. Well, first and foremost, I just want to say there's got to be a huge mindset shift. And that's where it starts. Because ultimately, you know, unless you're someone who doesn't value autonomy, doesn't value abundance and freedom, right? Uh, I, I highly encourage someone to uh, the, you know, foundational uh, standpoint, develop a strong mindset of for resilience, for embracing failure a different way, and also cultivating a money mindset because you have to understand money at the end of the day is a tool and is a tool that you can use for good or bad things. You know, when you go and have a Chipotle burrito, right, you're going in there and what you're doing is you are extending your capitalistic vote to that restaurant. You're saying, hey, I support you because your products, right, and, and service in this case is valuable so i'm willing to give you some of my own currency and if you look at the world's most wealthiest they are there by merit amazon has created something amazing steve jobs and bill gates right we have these mobile technologies and computer technologies that serve us that's why we're on the call right now zoom communications so what i'm trying to share with you is if you look at things objectively the reasons why millionaires Multi-millionaires and billionaires get paid is based on merit. It's because people actually are supporting them with a capitalistic vote. So first and foremost, you know, Dr. Bryson, we want to talk about the skill sets, you know, uh, that has allowed me to become who I am. I would say first and foremost, it's the mindset, right? We start with that. And then just like medicine, right, you have the right mindset, and then you have to have the right knowledge, and then you cultivate the right capabilities. You want to be a strong capability gatherer. In the case of business, you want to be able to uh, be, be a profound creator, right? With skill sets that can pay you well. And I call those high income skill sets because not all skill sets are created equal, Dr. Bryce. Very much so. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, I think if you don't have that mindset kind of coming in, and I think those mindsets are rare to have kind of naturally, you know, to have that openness and, and, and you're right, we as physicians, you know, we, we do, we, unfortunately, even in our training, we do fail a lot, but we take that failure so seriously. And we think of ourselves as a failure, but in reality, it's such a great opportunity for us to learn. And so being able to flip the script on that is hugely important. Everybody can do it. It may take some coaching and training, but it most certainly can be done. So, and this is all stuff that, um, you know, I, I, I kind of, I came across, you know, I started listening to the podcast with you and I'm like, this guy just, just making a lot of sense, like these, these sorts of things. And, and, you know, you value autonomy, you value freedom and you value growth. I think you are somebody that really is kind of, you're not just kind of going to be, you're, you're always going to be happy in the process, but you ultimately want to grow more. And I think that's just something that's in your blood. Right. And, and a lot of that has to do with. You know, you and I, we went to, I went to Michigan State University and you, like you had mentioned, you went to Kansas and we're both athletes. We both love college basketball. 
our teams play each other frequently at, at the championship classic, you know, I think you guys have a little bit better record than us, but still, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just competitive. It's blue bloods and it's going after it. And so very much so can you talk about how, you know, that mindset you've cultivated that sort of mindset into what you're doing now as an entrepreneur? Right. Well, thank you so much for recognizing that and bringing that additional dimensionality in. I always think that the medicine did have something right in regards to attracting very well-rounded professionals into you know that world to save lives or for the sake of saving lives at a high level. So I think uh, it's always been in my upbringing, right? Whether it be taking over my dad's accounting firm uh, and also subconsciously why being a surgeon appealed to me was because you have to be cream of the crop within med school to become a surgeon. Top 5%, you know, in your medical boards. Now for me, what didn't make sense was I'm like, why, why can't there be like a hands-on uh, uh, exam, right? As opposed to just studying all the time uh, and, you know, showcase my, my hands-on skill set and get into it earlier. But, um, you know, definitely a, a huge influential factor outside of the career is my upbringing when I immigrated to Kansas. So um, it's really funny, Dr. Bryce, like on my mom's side, grandma had like 11 kids. So we call all of our relatives by number. So my mom's number six. And at the time, you know, we have like number one in Hawaii, eights in Virginia, sevens in Florida. And um, basically when we compared and contrasted, Overland Park, Kansas, amazingly, is consistently ranked as one of the top 10 suburban areas to grow up and raise a family in. So uh, ultimately we decided to go there for low crime rates, high quality educational districts, and vast amount of space. I, I, that's why I love Kansas so much, right? Coming from a city where you, you're squeezing in like seven, eight million people on like a dot on the map. And now, you know, I have uh, the pleasure of walking into like a stadium-sized Whole Foods, right? <laughs> when we go to Whole Foods. Uh, but, 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 you know, for me growing up, you know, Mario Chalmers hit the game-tying shot to send us into overtime back in 08 against John Calipari and Memphis, where we ultimately won that championship. And so I, I still remember it vividly, you know, that evening when that happened is when I got officially indoctrinated in becoming a Jayhawk, right? Uh, now, I mean, the leading the years leading up to that, uh, you know, I had definitely been a fan and paid attention to it. It's just really hard to not get behind that kind of dominance, you know, when you when you live in an area and you're watching your team, you know, hit over 100 points. We were averaging over 100 points when it was Darrell Arthur, Darnell Jackson, uh, Shasha Khan. And it was, you know, the, the uh, older times of basketball, right, when you had the, the actual fakes. And, um, you know, when we when we won that championship, uh, first and foremost, I knew we were going to win when Chalmers hit the game tying shot because our bench was just way deeper as a whole. So I knew that we would outlast them in overtime, but it taught me several things early on. Right. And that's how you can validate me as a Jayhawk, right? You good, you give up the good shot for the great shot and you shed individual glory for team victory. You know, that is our core philosophy of becoming a champion. And, you know, I just think, you know, when you are immersed in an environment, now we have the the Chiefs, right, who's been to the playoffs, the AFC six years straight. We're about to be back at this Super Bowl, uh, you know, go Chiefs uh, for the third year straight. We won one, lost one. We're back at it again. So I'm blessed to be, you know, in a championships culture uh, with Kansas as a state. And I think that has a lot, you know, overall with my mindset, right, with, with how I look at things. 
uh, never taking failure like is a bad thing, embracing it. And Dr. Bryce, just you know, to let you know, I'm someone that enjoys studying excellence. It's not just about sports or business. Like I study excellence across all realms. So even if I'm relaxing and I'm watching Netflix, you know, we're, we're so acclimated to studying for MCATs and national boards. When I was KU's triple, uh, um, pre-med triple major in five and a half years, right? So I took that same energy to dedicating it towards greatness. And I mean, even when we talk about the Florida Gators, there, there's a Netflix documentary about them. They won two national championships under Urban Meyer and on their way to the first one, you know what they did that set them apart? It was the, uh, it was the Tim Tebow era, right? Um, they worked out at midnight, okay? It's the infamous midnight workouts. Now, when you are in Gatorville, Gainesville, Florida, okay, college campus, the best thing to do if you're looking to win a championship on a Friday night is to go work out because you're allowing yourself to not only eliminate distractions, right, with the temptations uh, of that age as well as distractions, but you're focused. You're, you're, you're working harder than your competition. You're doing things that your competition won't do, right? And ultimately that compounds. And the, the, funniest thing, the funniest thing is, is we do the same thing in Kansas. You know, if you are a real basketball player and you love the game, you're going to be putting up shots at midnight and you're going to love midnight hoop sessions, especially during the summertime. That is like a thing here in Kansas. So, um, you know, I, I would just say that uh, that multidimensionality of studying greatness, I, I was just watching the Netflix documentary on Alexander the Great the other day, right? I also enjoy watching and studying you know comedians because when if i'm relaxing i hate horror movies for that reason like if i'm going to watch something i'm like why why am i trying to have something scare me right even if i'm relaxing i like to be productive so i you know comedy but i, I you know not am i only doing it so that i make myself laugh and, and relax but i'm also watching okay how are they performing on stage how are they able to maintain you know an element of entertainment right to captivate the audience as a speaker because that's relevant to you know, some of the things that I do as president and CEO, right? So um, having that mindset of, you know, always learning, right? Being a lifelong learner, but just allowing it to seep into excellence, right? That is the mindset. And then actually going after it where, um, you know, you, you recognizing the importance of investing in yourself, right? Because you are the best investment. I mean, when you go through medical school and you get an MD, that's an investment in yourself, but you're really garnering a lot of skill sets and knowledge just within the field of medicine. I'm just saying, you know, recognize what if you did that for, for overall greatness in the world? What if you were looking to become a well-rounded candidate for, I don't know, the, the, the application for a billionaire, right? Think about it from that perspective. Um, ultimately, you know, that's something that I'm super passionate and driven, um, uh, you know, to, to accomplish because, at some point in my life, I would like to own an NBA team, right? Being Jayhawk raised and uh, for all the uh, background and upbringing that I have discussed with you today. So, you know, I, my own standard is like, I, I really haven't accomplished much until I have, you know, a net worth of at least three to 5 billion, because that's going to be probably what it's going to take, you know, to, for, at that time when I'm ready to own an NBA team. But, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily so focused on, again, the destination. I'm just focused on taking that one step at a time and, and enjoying those steps, right? Because when you do that, uh, those days, weeks, months, and years will fly by a lot faster without, with zero pain. Yes.
Yes, absolutely. No pain. That's the key. And and that's what it's about is finding something that drives you, makes you come alive, that you're passionate about and that you know you want to be on this earth doing. So, so many great points there, Philip. We are running out of time here. Um, got a few minutes left. So close, you know, I just want to talk about, so we, we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff, right? Just a lot of like, hey, learning and, and making yourself better and growth mindset and and being better. But Nothing is good unless we take some sort of action, right? Like we've got it. We've got to do something to kind of get us over that hump, right? And there's probably a few more important things. You know, I can I can listen to a patient all day and do my physical exam, but if I don't do anything for them, then it's kind of a moot point. So, what what is kind of your call to action here? Like, what 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 would you like my audience to know about next steps that you should be doing or can be doing to to be to instill that greatness in you? Yeah, I would say, you know, always have that open mind to learn, right? And be a lifelong learner, you know, in, in all things business related, if you really want that real life success, because ultimately, you know, the reason why I left medicine is, yes, I could have had uh, an average of half a million dollars in my bank account by either being a plastics, orthopedic or cardiothoracic surgeon. That's great. But what's the exchange, right? I would have to be in the OR rooms all day. You know, so I would say, you know, that first action step for the audience is be willing to learn, uh, you know, and, and, and take that lifelong learning and apply it to this sector, you know, um, that is that it may, may be new to you. Right. And uh, if you do that, I promise you things will flourish. And of course, you can either do it alone or you can do it together. So if you like to have a productive conversation around, you know, pivoting to business you know, pivoting outside of medicine, feel free to book a call here, you know, and if you do that, I've got plenty of gifts that I can send over your way. Uh, I've, you know, in regards to my own business and leadership development on my entrepreneurial journey, I would love to get to know you and understand like what what is it that resonated with you from this podcast and similar to a medical diagnosis, right? That way we can provide the best you know, business diagnosis and provide you with the best business resources that we have. Because at this point, I've got like encyclopedias full of them. So uh, feel free to uh, reference the link here below and reach out to one of our team members and uh, we can coordinate something. We'd love to hear your personal story and help you succeed and flourish in your own right. Love that. And I'm here to tell you firsthand, Philip has already taught me so much and in, in just a, maybe about a month or so of knowing him. And um, he's really opened up a whole new world to me. So I highly encourage everybody out there to just book a call, talk with him. Just there's no harm in that. And so um, so we'll include his link in the, in the uh, show notes. We'll make sure you can get in contact with him, get in contact with me. Philip, this was such a great episode. This time flew by. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're going to be doing a series. So you're coming back. You got a few more left. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I appreciate your time, your effort, your energy, most importantly. Um, but we're going to close it out for today. So thanks, everybody. Please like the podcast, subscribe, review, and rate. And we will see you next time. Yes, sir. Thanks so much, Dr. Bryce. You have a good day.